1: VGK's win streak reaches five as Marcia Sok gets off the Schneid, nets two goals. Is the post All Star streak driven by fear? We'll get into all of that when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. again, everyone. Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golic from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. You can find us on Twitter at Lockdown VGK, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G. And our YouTube channel, of course, is Locked On Golden Knights. So, Chris, VGK defeats Tampa Bay. And uh, on Saturday night, they win that game 5-4. to It was an insta-classic, as the kids might say. Um, A couple of goals in that game for Jonathan Marcheseau. And uh, one was very controversial. We'll get into that in our second segment. The win streak for VGK uh, now is at five games. Is the post-All-Star break win streak driven by fear? Okay, so that's our topic of the morning. Uh, I posed that question because Alex Petrangelo was on the pregame show, and he said that the team wants to stay intact. He said that none of the players want to exit. They want None of the players want to be traded. They all want to be here for the softball game and live here uh, coming up this upcoming summer. He said that the team wants to keep winning to make the decision for McCrimmon, McPhee, and even Bill Foley uh, to stay pat, to stand pat. The country club wants to stay together, wants no new members, uh, nor do the players want to leave, depart Las Vegas. They really like it here. So I wanted to get your reaction, first of all, on Petro's comments with the trade deadline looming, and it's just 11 days away.
0: I knew that <clears throat> before he made that statement. This is what I said when these first nine games after the All Star break are of utter importance. Basically, nine games takes us through the end of February, gives McCrimmon a couple days before the trade deadline to determine are we buying, selling, or standing pat? When the season started, this is a Stanley Cup team 13 and 2, 13 and 3, whatever the number is, everything is working. And then yada yada injuries come back again team gets through that as a 500 team and now that most besides our captain but our defense most importantly is back intact all of a sudden things are turning for the positive again yes we're without Logan Thompson right now all reports indicate that's not a season ending let me rephrase that it's not a regular season ending injury so We'll have our defensive band back together, so to speak, once Logan Thompson is back in the picture. But this is exactly the comment that I made before the the post-All-Star Game Break games started. The players are going to determine what happens, and yes, they want to stay here. They do feel like this is a Stanley Cup team, and no one wants to move at this point of the season right now from a team like Vegas who does – legitly have a shot and you know sometimes we as fans forget there is a human element i mean folks if any one of you or myself or tony someone just told you hey you're going to xyz city and you don't have a choice you just got to pack up and go and oh by the way your next practice is in 24 hours oh crap i got two kids in school my you know my wife has this happening here like it's just it's not that easy to pick up and go even if you are a million dollar athlete so there's the human element of this as well Good on the Vegas Golden Knights for uh, putting their best foot forward for the first five games. We messed around and said that maybe the first four games was a product of the schedule to a to, you know to a degree. Well, we just beat Tampa Bay in a game we were an underdog at home, and Vegas handled themselves really well, including keeping Tampa off the shots. <clears throat> Did they get a shot for like 11, 12, 13 minutes at high powered offense? So. Minutes, 14
1: minutes. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was one just, juncture in the, third, in the third. It was phenomenal.
0: Now. So VGK wants to keep everything together and they want to make that cup run right now.
1: Okay, uh, we remind everyone that we're brought to you by FanDuel America's number one sports book. And do you feel that the front office will now back off from any trades as long as this team keeps winning? because I think they're just going to go full steam ahead and do whatever they feel could be in the best interest for this franchise.
0: The best interest for this franchise is the Stanley cup. That's what the three people that sit center ice at T-Mobile arena think every single day. So those three people being Foley, McPhee, McCrimmon are going to make a decision that benefits the team to win a Stanley cup. Now, is that Stanley Cup this year or next year? That's maybe the internal debate that they're going to have. And I think the answer is it's this year because here we are again. Mark Stone is out. He has a back injury. Let's go through that timeline really fast. This is this is drama. This is a must-see TV here. Mark Stone goes down. It was kind of strange the way it happened. Okay, he's going to be out for a while. We understand that. All of a sudden, he has a setback. Okay, that, that happens. It's, we hope he can get back. Bruce Cassidy. Well, the longer we can extend the season, gives him a shot to come back. George McPhee on a Canadian podcast. Well, it he has timelines to hit. We'll see if he can hit those timelines, and it makes things complicated based on if we can make a trade or not when he's going to come back. This isn't adding up right. in my head. It's not adding up in your head, Tony. No. It's no. not adding up in anyone's head
1: right now. So, does, does his team want to stay together because there's chemistry, or because it's boys' club camaraderie?
0: It's all of that, Tony, and and boys' club camaraderie. I'm I'm okay with that because all the Vegas locker rooms, maybe last year being the exception, all the Vegas locker rooms have been very tight. There is a very positive culture, even with you. I know people are going to shake their heads when they think about Mark Andre Fleury and Max Pacioretty and, and stuff like that, but. They're it Well, actually, Max Pacioretty is the one who exposed the, the camaraderie in the country club atmosphere. So, yeah, I mean, they want to stay in Vegas. They want to get their cars washed while they're at practice every day, and they want the fans to love them, uh, win, lose, or draw, and everything else in between. I mean, this city idolizes the Vegas Golden Knights. This is not Montreal, where when the team is struggling, they won't even hold the door for the players, or a city like Boston – where if they're not doing well, you know, the media just absolutely crushes them. This is a different world in Vegas. I'm not knocking Vegas by any means, but this is a new professional sports city with teams just flocking here all of a sudden. You know, Las Vegas Athletics, come on in, let's go. So, yeah, I mean, the boys want to stay together, and there is potential for a Stanley Cup. The West is not that powerful. I mean, we were joking that the Pacific isn't that good. The Central is worse. The Central is worse. starting
1: to surge. They're starting to surge. Was that? I said Colorado's starting to surge. Oh, and that's
0: expected. So, I mean, what? We got a three, we got a four-horse race right now, I think, of teams that legitly have a shot to win the West and possibly defeat one of the Eastern Conference juggernauts because the East, I mean, what I see, the Rangers the other day are, I forgot what they're, they're, I think they're basically a fringe playoff team, if I'm not mistaken, at the moment. At the moment. they're, They're moving up, too. They're moving up, but point being is they would be like, I think, close to top of the of the West or something like that with their record. So for sure,
1: you know, for sure. and that Edmonton team pretty sorry against the Rangers. They blew three goal leads twice. And then yesterday I was watching the game and uh, Colorado came back from three goals down, uh, forced the game into OT late in overtime. They scored a uh, Nico a uh, goal and they won that game. So out of two games that they were leading by three goals, Edmonton gets just one point. You sent me a note yesterday about Patrick Kane. Oh so God. Patrick Kane, it's a two-horse race, apparently, between Dallas and the Vegas Golden Knights. Kane saying yesterday that Toronto, that was never in play. He was miffed that he Be careful didn't who to the you Rangers. listen
0: to, was his quote. Be careful what you listen to.
1: Right. And so now he's starting to play some hockey. Okay. He's starting to turn it on. Allah, Phil Kessel. They kind of preserve themselves, keep something in the tank. And then when they want to assert themselves, they're really good because, again, they're, they're good athletes and, you know, they know how to win. So Patrick Kane, the hat trick yesterday, he's absolutely on fire.
0: So this is just more of the emotional side of that, I put on my Twitter, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, it, it, the goal was reviewed because he hit the corner pocket really fast. And uh, it was in and out of the net. So it went to review. But after the review came back, it was a goal the hats you know start raining down the ice at the united center and everything and the camera they're just props i think it was nbc sports that's who who does the chicago games for just catching patrick kane's reaction and he just seemed to spend about 30 seconds skating around just looking at the crowd he knows possibly his days are numbered and any given point could be his last game i mean as crazy as this sounds right now tony I, and I don't think Chicago make the trade just based on this, but Vegas is in Chicago right now, right? I'm, or they're mm-hmm. flying out this morning, something like that. Is there a glimmer, a chance that Patrick Kane wears a Vegas Golden Knights jersey to play against the Blackhawks? How Does crazy! Messi-
1: yeah, I mean, well, either that or he comes back on the plane with the VGK. Yeah, right? I mean,
0: there are there's so many possibilities, but you know, just just props to Patrick Kane for what he has done and how he has revitalized. You know, Chicago hockey, along with him and Jonathan Taves are the architects of, you know, the resurgence of the Blackhawks from 2005 and beyond. And remember, I've been in that building when there's been 6,000 fans there and booing the team off the ice in the second period. But back to your point, though, Tony, the Golden Knights are motivated to play well because they want to keep the band together. They want to make a Stanley Cup run together. Patrick Kane, all of a sudden, hey, there goes Tarasenko. All of a sudden there goes what? uh, Ryan O'Reilly here. The dominoes are starting to fall. And they're going to these Stanley Cup contenders. So Patrick Kane wants to show his value. It also, it helps the Chicago Blackhawks. If he can get a nice little streak going right now, might raise the price for uh, an additional future consideration on top of uh, a high-level draft pick. So Kane knows what's at stake right now. And it's it's going to be a very interesting 10, 11 days all the way up to the trade deadline buzzer. And I hope BGK does something soon, though. Although, five-game winning streak. Don't need to rush it, maybe.
1: Okay, so the car, wash, yeah, the car wash club wants to stay intact. I know that if they get someone like Kane, that's going to ruffle some feathers with this organization, with the players. on it. Sure, it's going to push it's someone out of the end. lineup,
0: probably like Brett Houghton or something like that. But, again, injuries happen. Having a little more depth, or I mean, not that Kane is a depth piece by any mean, but ha- just adding, you know, having someone like Brett Houghton who goes to being a healthy scratcher, you know, a, a Keegan Coles. I don't think it would be Coles. I think it would be Brett Houghton, but, you know. Got a <laughs> Line three. Uh, What are we thinking? Nick Waugh, Patrick Kane, Will Carrier.
1: <laughs> Coming up next, uh, we will recap Saturday's VGK win, fifth in a row as they defeated Tampa in a wild one at T-Mobile. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Our next partner has a product that we use uh, additionally each and every day, literally Athletic Greens, we took it because we don't have time. Again, it optimizes our immune system, and it helps us from taking uh, just all those supplements separately, which is really kind of annoying. And now it's been over six months, I suppose, and I really love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy or I say chalky. It has kind of a mild tropical taste, and I actually look forward to taking it each and every day. And again, we personally consume it because we don't have the time primarily. And it also helps me to sleep better and helps with the digestive uh, stuff going on in your system. And uh, again, it's lifestyle friendly, so you don't want to pass on that. And the importance of multivitamins, tons of people take some sort of multivitamin. And it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb like AG1. Less than three dollars per day, and it's recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts across the globe, and it is also for every purchase uh, something that you need to uh, invest in is of course is the youth of tomorrow. Um, so No Kid Go Go Hungry is one of their uh, top um, charities, charitable organizations that they definitely uh, want to work with. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights on this President's Day edition. Tony Cardasco, Chris Gullick, from Las Vegas. Thank you all for making us your first listen each and every day. And of course, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And again, that is locked on golden nights, President's Day, big day for George McPhee. <laughs> See, the, well, no, he's actually the Prime Minister of Canada. He's not the President of, uh, of the VGK. Uh, so VGK uh, tops the lightning on Saturday night at T Mobile where you were in attendance, first period, first period, a memorable one as the Golden Knights. Uh, they actually played, I think, their best period of the season. Uh, they beat uh, Vassie, Vasilevsky, of course, uh, four goals. I know that you tweeted out something to the effect that it was the most electric. I'm just going to paraphrase here because you put some bad words in there, I think. Uh, in any event, you said it was the most memorable uh, period that you could recall in a while, perhaps, the best period of hockey in a long time.
0: So Is that what you said? Yeah, something like that. I don't think I don't think I use any You're bad rapid, words in that one. I'm not saying no, no, I, no. I never. You're used rapid bad words. fire, though.
1: Oh, and the over, the over on twigs, one and a half. We had two. Oh no, there Look was there was, there was
0: one on pictured three, three,
1: three. So it went o- five over was a slam. Over was a I slam had, dunk. Yeah, I had one and a half twigs over.
0: Yeah, no, one and a half. I'll, I'll slam the over. I'll, I'll take the over in a beer league in that because one of those clowns is going to bust one over the, the goalpost. All I need is one to break to hit that one. So, yeah, I mean, the first period was by far, I think, the most electric period I've seen in that building, if not ever, in a long time. I'm a day one season ticket holder. So I've I've uh, done a few tours of duty in, uh, in uh, the back of 217 uh, row Q. So I'm pretty confident in saying, at least for a regular season game, I have not seen a more electric period period. And, you know, the Mike Tyson theory, right? You know, everyone's got to plan until they get punched in the mouth. Well, both teams, uh, it was a slugfest, right? They just came out and it wasn't the best hockey at times because six goals means someone, you know, both sides aren't playing the best defense, but it was fun. It was absolutely crazy. Just the responses. What was it? Seven seconds. That was the quickest response in VGK history from a goal. And, you know, Brett Howden from Keegan Colasar, here comes line four to do it. And then all of a sudden, March so grabs one, and then Marchessault so gets another one. And the Shea Theodore goal, that was the one that brought me out of my seat. That was just uh, watching that one-timer, seeing it sneak through. It just so much fun. My kid was having a blast, hugging me every time uh, they got one, all the high-fives from my friends around me and stuff. Just such a fun, fun game, and barely any open seats out there. I've been very um, very critical, if you will, about that there has been seats open in T-Mobile Arena. Not, not, not at all. On Saturday night, you looked on the axis before the game. There was maybe 50 groups of tickets that were just priced weird by people, just, you know, resellers or whatever. But it was basically as true of a sellout as I've seen in a long time.
1: OK, so let's talk about Jonathan so coming on before so Madness takes effect. Huh. So Jonathan Marciusso, uh, they stole my tweet one year. OK, I'm still bitter about that. so Madness. You're bitter? St- no. Oh, yeah,
0: no, no. At uh, at all, so. Man.
1: So Marcia, uh breaks through for the first time in 14 games. He scored his first goal. I scored a goal. Um, the players said afterwards that uh, structurally Tampa, and you could see it of course, from up top, uh, structurally Tampa was playing towards the perimeter and just trying to push them outside. And that's when VGK put play, players in front of the net and into the blue paint area. First time I've used blue paint in a long time. Uh, so, they said that afterwards. Um, so that's what they did. And they put players in front of the net and they were very successful. I want to talk about that second Marshall. So goal, because there was one angle that I was watching the Tampa feed and there was one angle that showed the stick was over the crossbar. What were your thoughts?
0: Okay. So there's two things to talk about here. The NHL made a new rule, first of all. So let's talk about a high stick in regards to scoring a goal. If you make contact with the puck above the crossbar and the puck goes directly in or off the goalie and in, at that point, it is high stick, no goal. Here's where the rule gets interesting. The rule for high sticking when a goal scoring situation is not happening is the shoulder. So here's the situation. Marchisot bats the puck out of midair. Vassy makes a save and then Marchisot cleans it up. So now the, what matters is the shoulder, not the crossbar. And it was funny because Cassidy actually made the comment. I think his quote in the post game was it was going to be close, guys, because Marchessault is five foot. You guys can fill in the rest of it. So, you know, <laughs> the crossbar, the shoulder and the crossbar for uh, Marchessault is much closer than like it is for Petrangelo or, or more or less Nicholas Haig. So when you take it in from that perspective, did he – make contact with the puck below his shoulder prior to basically tipping the puck to himself and scoring. And the answer was yes. And I was confused at first as to why they were reviewing it at T-Mobile because the announcement was they are reviewing the play for a missed stoppage of play.
1: Yeah. Missed stoppage of
0: play. That wording is to me, the puck going off of the net the puck hitting the camera in the corner like in Vancouver or bouncing off a player on the bench. So it took me a second to kind of compute that, and I was looking up in Hyde Lounge watching the replay, and then once I watched the replay, I figured out exactly what was happening. So to, to paraphrase that, as long as his first contact with the puck was at or below his shoulders, you have a legal contact of the puck. And then after that, he just taps it in and we got a goal.
1: Okay. And John Cooper said afterwards, yes, of course that was a goal. New narrative, new narrative. VGK. Oh my goodness, the whining and the whining. How come that wasn't a penalty? When like stop it, just quit it right there. Was that on okay? the TV or what what, what was where where, where where are you getting there? I was from? going everywhere. I was on okay. the uh, the Tampa feed, the VGK I got you, okay. feed, VGK feed, whining I was there so whining, I couldn't hear the I didn't the get VGK the I didn't K- get radio, all the whining. Like that. Everyone whining about, and then I see and then I see the replay of like ten vgk players on the ice they had too many men on the ice i that saw one. that and i saw
0: the lot. Li- so the They're only literally thing i'll in, say to that i couldn't the get ice? the there was a lot of players on the ice i definitely <laughs> caught that at the moment but the linesman was right on top of it and he was looking so basically when you make a line change if the player coming out plays the puck before the player who is going off you have too many men on the ice or if a player just skating out there, you know, you have six, seven, eight players out there, obviously. That's the too many men, five, too. They
1: had their five-star dinners uh, in town, you know, for a couple of days, and they stayed at the Four Seasons. Okay? And just, I'm sick of it.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> one thing, I do want to make one point, though, really fast here. The Tampa Bay Lightning folks, you guys have to watch their game and have to watch them in person. Tampa Bay, in my opinion, is the gold standard of the NHL right now obviously for the success they've had, but when you watch them play, you mentioned how structurally sound they are. On the offensive side of the ice, there is no team that is more creative with the puck, whether it's coming in on like a two-on-two rush or even a one-on-one situation, the moves that the Lightning are capable of making. This is their forwards, their defensemen, and everything in between. Their power play, the way they run, I'm I'm sure there's a name for it, but they have four players up high. You have your three players kind of on the perimeter. And instead of having like a bumper player down low, they have a player up high. So you kind of have like this diamond happening where they're trying to work that puck to Stamkos on the side or Hedman on the other side for that one timer, which Stamkos did get a one timer early in the power play for what I believe was their first goal of the game. Watching the way they move the puck inside the blue line, the tip passes, the tip shots, they are so much fun to watch. And I mean, I just cannot give them enough credit for the game that they play. So much fun to watch, so well coached. John Cooper is an absolute goat as far as NHL coaches go, and I think he's going to be in that category when the dust settles whenever he calls his career quits, and that's not happening anytime soon. So, folks, whenever Tampa comes to town, go see them. Do yourselves a favor. That is by far some of the best hockey you will watch of your current lifetime, in my opinion.
1: VGK almost they nearly had a power play goal. Uh nearly because time had just expired from the power that play. That was the first on, thing I looked
0: up and goal. saw. That was the first thing I looked up at when they scored that goal.
1: So one power play goal in four in thirteen games. 13 one and a games, half, a
0: one and a half, one and a
1: half. Yeah, that was almost yeah, that almost and then defensively, of course, VGK you spoke about in the first segment, uh holding Tampa 14 minutes without a shot on goal. That's exceptional. How come teams don't follow the San Jose model of just blocking at the blue line and denying entry into the zone?
0: I'll do no, with no respect. I'm not going to respect it. Look at San Jose's record. It doesn't work all the time.
1: And that might've
0: been a situation where
1: better teams could
0: definitely have that blockade. Right. But was that an anomaly in the sense that VGK maybe just didn't adjust well enough? Like, you look at – and again, I'm, not, I'm not crapping on San Jose. I'll, I take any chance I can, but I'm simply going to point at San Jose's record and say a lot of teams are not watching the San Jose Sharks saying they got this figured out. They got They got things figured out. Like, listen, San Jose, give them credit for the way that they slowed down. I mean, of the five games the Vegas Golden Knights have played, San Jose played the best defense against us. And also, right. uh, Cajonan also had the game of his life. All the, He's that. actually playing well. Cajon'
1: is? Captain
0: (laughs) Cojones, he's playing very very well since the all-star break and he had a wonderful game I mean he might be a late trade target for a team that uh has goaltending trouble VGK doesn't have goaltending trouble so don't that's not at all what I'm going to say here so you know San Jose figured it out that game but not necessarily you know but VGK made an adjustment Tony like you said they got to the inside something they haven't done a whole lot of
1: I like Cassidy. After the game, it's like, oh yeah, I've seen this before. You know, we played Tampa a lot, so the Pacific Division is where that's his Achilles' heel right now. He needs to focus more as well, more attention. Yeah, yeah no, Pacific. you're
0: you're on the ball there, Tony. He's he was not surprised at all when with Tampa's Nothing. game, but you know, the San Jose Sharks, man, we got to figure that defense out. That's a tough <laughs> egg to crack, right there, folks.
1: Are we going to see before we go to break? Are we going to see Brossois, uh in Chicago this hundred percent, hundred percent? So, uh, we'll see if he the test. Okay, and that might uh, be the coming... only
0: time we see him because I don't think eight. I don't think uh, wants to play him.
1: Okay, coming up next uh, again, we'll talk about the defense and how well they have been playing of late. And they are spearheaded by Shea Theodore and Zach Whitecloud. Their contributions have lifted BGK here during this five-game win streak. We'll get to that when we return right here on Lockdown On Golden Knights. Well, last night, we had the NBA All-Star Game, and Mike Malone, the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, said it was the worst basketball game ever played. But that's not, hey, don't hold this against FanDuel, because if you bet on the over, it cashed in. Of course, (laughs) it's the midway point of the NBA season. I didn't know where I was going with that. And, of course, uh, you can go to the, uh, America's number one sportsbook FanDuel. Um, now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. And, of course, uh, that's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app today. Safe, super secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the three points that are drained in a game, which is a good bet to have like that kind of action. One of my friends bets on corner kicks in soccer. So that's not out of line. Of course, there's player props, a lot more going on, rebounds, player points, assist, all of that. So many exclusive bets, like the two times three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. That's kind of fun. I think we should take a jab at that. FanDuel even lets you combine all of your bets for a chance at a bigger payout on the same game parlay so don't miss your chance now with the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash lockdown fanduel.com slash lockdown to learn a lot more welcome back to locked on golden knights well salty today did you did you watch
0: that tony like the all-star game or no
1: i was watching back and forth a little bit i watched did you watch like the pre
0: stuff i guess is what i'm like where where Uh, they were doing the. I'm curious draft. what the reaction was. So we were sitting in Applebee's last night after my after Chris's hockey practice. I'll got a quick story about that. But um we were sitting in Applebee's and I was watching and kept looking up and you see LeBron and Giannis and going up and back and oh, everything. Yeah. And, doing everything. The draft. Yeah, I, and I was back. wondering if that was actually like decent TV or if it was dragging. Because I couldn't hear. You're in Applebee's, just watching the the captions. Like I don't know if it was interesting It was funny. Or not. No, it, it okay. was pretty
1: good. It was entertaining, and that's where the entertainment I think ended. And they should do away with all these All Star games. None of them are good. And I have an observation on the XFL though. Something good. The replays. Did you catch any of the XFL no. game? They go to the replay official. They zoom into him live. He said, "No, I don't like that." Oh, I do remember that from last Boom, season or done. something like that. Yes, done. Like, they did it in, yes. like, a matter of seconds. It's like, uh, okay, he's juggling the ball a little bit there, but then he regains it. He has uh, – he has There's it, transparency.
0: You know, There's transparency.
1: The transparency, number one. But, number two, they don't drag it out. Like, it's not like a five-minute ordeal every time that they have to go to a replay. Oh, God. So, here, Tony. I the, so, he I, got, I got two move, things now, got Tony. back. Feet and bounce. Okay.
0: So, one, when they were replaying the March so goal, reviewing it, they were playing that four non-blonde song. What's going on? And they kept <laughs> they kept playing the song, and and DJ Joe Green was cutting it at the chorus, and the crowd was singing it. I got a great video of it. Such That's a fun cool. moment, and then really quick father son bonding moment. So and
1: he does. He also plays now King of the Hill when Aiden Hill makes a uh,
0: makes a ah song. very good Tony, very good, very good. So good father son bonding moment yesterday. My kids playing his hockey game, uh, his developmental game but it's still you know, competitive where the kids are out there trying to score goals and stuff like that and doing lines and stuff like that. And there's one kid, he was getting a little, you know, he was being a little aggressive out there. So it was the first time I told my son, I said, listen, you stand up for yourself and if that keeps happening. Go, go put him on his blankety blank. And well, he did. He did. Him down. And he chirped him and he chirped him and basically, you know, said, Hey, you want to play like this? Okay. And so, um, yeah, dad, daddy's proud this morning of Christopher dad, dad, wow. daddy's proud. We, that was a, uh, we got Applebee's for that one.
1: Was it a hip check or what did he no, do? No,
0: just, just a little, you know. Just leveled him? He got in there. He got in there. He, he uh, sent him a message, you know. sent him a message. Let him know he was there, you know.
1: We thank everyone for making us uh, <laughs> uh, your first listen each and every day. I don't know where to go from there. And, of course, you could find us on our YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. And you wanted to talk about the contributions of Shea Theodore and Zach Whitecloud. No doubt.
0: So, you know, that is the the defense is the one thing that maybe got lost in the shuffle with all the injuries, right? It becomes a scramble of, okay, how is this team going to survive and kind of get things going again? And I have mentioned, I'll take the VGK top six over or at least alongside of any other six defensemen in the NHL. That's how good I believe this unit is. It's been the same unit year over year, which is something that a lot of teams cannot say. And all of a sudden, Hey, Here comes Shea Theodore back. Shea Theodore creates so much offense from his ability to just make a good, clean breakout pass or rush the puck. Zach Whitecloud is a phenomenal stay-at-home defenseman who admitted to me that uh, he felt his game lacked a level of patience. So watching the games from the press box while he was hurt helped him, you know, learn more about his game. So you put all this back into a blender. Now all six defensemen are in their three pairs that they're used to, and all of a sudden, you know, in the last, and even the Islanders game only gave up one goal, an overtime loss, unfortunately, where White Cloud was not there, but Theodore was. Looking back, gave up one goal, gave up one goal, gave up up two goals, gave up one goal, and gave up four goals to Tampa Bay in just a weird game, but hey, Tampa's a great team. They're going to score some goals. So all of a sudden, our defense is going to give our team a chance to win every single game. And for the time being, until LT comes back, we need Aiden Hill and Brossois to have a serviceable role. If they can get in there and steal a game, all the better. But our six defensemen are going to take a lot of pressure off. All of a sudden, when LT comes back, hopefully sooner than later, hopefully sometime right around the trade deadline or so, maybe plus or minus, uh, you know, four or five days on either side of that, we got a heck of a core that's going to be very tough to crack. And we do have the right offense right now. So... It's your defense leads to offense, which leads to victories and everything. And having Theodore and maybe even more importantly, Zach Whitecloud back, things are going to happen and good things are going to happen. Assuming something weird doesn't happen at the trade deadline, which God knows what that could possibly be.
1: Okay, I I wanted to talk a little bit uh, also about Alex Petrangelo cooling off of sorts, but that's fine. I forgot. No, I forgot that he had, you know, uh, the goal and the assist in Minnesota. Um, had a goal and an assist against Nashville. So it's, it's just been, uh he also had an assist the other night, right? I think in the Tampa game, probably, but yeah, but he's, he went like a couple, he hasn't scored a goal I think in three games or so, but it limits his chances. Right. And, and how's his ice time doing too?
0: I'm assuming he's probably back around 47 minutes instead of 54 minutes. <laughs> um But no, he's out there a lot. He's still going to be out there in the high pressure situations and everything. And, you don't need to rely on Petrangelo now on the defensive side as much because of Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore is our offensive defenseman who should get more points at the end of the day than Alex Petrangelo. I'm not knocking Petrangelo, nor am I putting Shea Theodore necessarily on a pedestal, just simply saying that's the balance that gets created when Theodore is back and White, and White Cloud can do that more stay-at-home role for the team, which allows the other defenseman maybe to take more chances too.
1: Yeah, and then having, of course, their top three pairs um, being able to play. Uh, Martinez got beat on a goal, I think, the other night again. Was it in the Tampa game? I'm trying to recall, but uh, I think that he would be trade bait still. I think that you could add Alec Martinez in a trade deal. If
0: you trade Alec Martinez, I think you do so with eyeing a player that you can keep longer than as a rental. Because I mean, you have nine five available right now with Mark Stone, assuming he's done for the regular season, which I think he is. So now you have another five million. You got $14 million to work with if you do move Alec Martinez. Is Caden Korzak ready? Is Miramanoff close to returning? Those are the questions that you ask yourself if you do make that deal. Because no disrespect to Ben Hutton. I don't want Ben Hutton in an everyday role as our sixth defenseman. As a seventh, eighth defenseman when the team needs help, by all means, Ben Hutton is a great insurance policy but having ben hutton go into that sixth defenseman role is not in vgk's best interest for a long playoff run now like i said alec martinez gives you the opportunity to hold somebody into next season uh was it barbers or Barbashev? right is that the player in the Blues yeah. that they're kind of looking at that would be that that type of target or even i don't know how but vgk finds a way to do weird things somehow maybe we do have timo meyer Net, you know, this no, season as a rental and as no, a long-term play.
1: No, that's not happening. He's going to either Carolina or the New Jersey Devils. VGK, VGK's if they out.
0: have FOMO, fear of missing outs, I don't I care about the is. internal division stuff. If no, the but there, Sharks it, can already, fleece us, they'll take a shot to fleece us.
1: Well, okay, but it's getting very close there to the trade deadline, and apparently VGK is out of that mix. Timo Meyer also
0: has a slight injury, which is why he's quote-unquote missing practice right now, too which is okay, another wrench that, into the plan
1: days from Chicago is out. So can't That's be, nice, a, yeah. Yeah. So it cannot be in, in a, involved in any trades because he's, he's out with, well, he he's
0: to, a, the, the GM also has said based on his health, they don't want to do anything. They don't want but to get themselves had in a COVID pickle. COVID issues there. still lingering? Uh, yeah, like respiratory issues lingering or Man. something like that, is what the quote was, I believe, which is you feel for Taves because he's been through a lot in the last couple of years and he wants to compete, whether it's for the Blackhawks or anybody, but mainly for the Blackhawks. That's where his heart is right now. So you just feel for everything he's been through, or maybe the team's
1: winning too many games right now. And I don't know. <laughs> if VGK does have a deal, make a deal for Patrick Kane, will they need a third party team to be involved? Will they need? No. Would it be nice if they can park
0: some of that contract money somewhere else? It'd be wonderful. Sure. But they don't need to. I mean, the money is there. The money okay. is there. Is the is the bait there? Does McCrimmon want to sacrifice that much of the future right now? I mean, F those draft picks, I think, is the way we think about them here in Vegas, like uh, the Los Angeles Rams, which it worked for one season at least. Right.
1: Right. Of course. And VGK's got the little or no. Assets there, no first round draft pick to give up. Coming up on tomorrow's show, oh my goodness, we could have another one of those games. Uh, trap game. stuck in the middle, a trap games Cap- I really fast. I know we were,
0: we're getting close on time. Tampa
1: and Colorado, that's a trap game, brother. They asked
0: someone asked a question about Tampa and the structure they played and everything, and then Cassidy says, "Listen, it's kind of like what Dallas does. It's like what Colorado does. It's like what Cal Gary does to a degree." He never mentioned Chicago. Now, does that mean they're not planning for Chicago? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But the other teams are more on the radar than the Blackhawks, as they should be. But these are two points where they could cough this game up. And it's this is not a VGK thing. This is just a professional sports thing. This is a trap game 101 tomorrow night. Don't bet the Golden Knights tomorrow night. I'm not saying the Golden Knights aren't going to do well. Be careful if you're going to lay minus 200 plus on the Golden Knights tomorrow night.
1: On the Sway Index, currently, Bruce Cassidy is about a one or a two, where he was up in the high eights and nines earlier this season, just swaying around there because he was very nervous. But he seems to be settling in. Coming up tomorrow, a preview of the Chicago Blackhawks meeting. We'll talk about that. We thank you all for making us your first listen each and every day. Again, find us wherever you can on Twitter. Of course, he's at TD Chris G. I am at Tony Dasko at VGK. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.